welcome to the True Tabernacle podcast channel. We hope that you find encouragement and inspiration during one of our sermons, discussions, or interviews. For more information regarding our faith community, connect with us on Facebook at our True Tabernacle page. And while you're at it, hit subscribe to this channel to stay connected. tonight I want to thank you Lord for saving my soul I want to thank you Lord for making me whole do you believe that tonight praise God nobody like the Lord and uh, thank you for his saving power and I thank him for his keeping power praise God and there's power How's everybody feeling tonight? Turn to your neighbor and say, it's so good to see you here tonight. Praise God. Praise God. I'm going to direct your attention this evening to the 16th chapter of the book of Mark. And uh, we've been talking about what must I do to be saved. Amen. How many is glad that you know what the Lord, amen, mentioned and what he, the word of God mentions? First of all, last week we talked, you got to, first of all, you got to believe. You got to believe that he is, right? How many believes that he is? You believe in him. And uh, without that, that's the starting point. That's the foundation. That's, that's you saying, I believe in Jesus Christ. Amen. Second thing is, you got to be willing to confess your sins. Bible said he's faithful and just to forgive you. If you confess, he's faithful and just to forgive you your sins and to cleanse you, right, from all. Everybody say all. Unrighteousness. Amen. You've got to confess. Amen. Third thing we talked about last week is repentance. Telling God you're sorry for those sins, right? Amen. Sometimes that's kind of hard to do. It's hard to say we're sorry. Look at your neighbor and say, don't say, you're sorry. Just say, are you sorry? Praise God, sorry. That's a hard thing for us. That's a hard word for us. That's a hard thing to say is, I'm sorry. Right? Because we kind of like to think that we're right all the time. And then when we get questioned on that or something goes, we... We don't like to say, oh, you know what, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. And mean it, right? Not just because you know you have to say it, but you mean what you're saying. Praise God. Mark 16, and I'm going to let you be seated. Uh, go ahead. And we're going to begin in this chapter 16. It deals with the resurrection. I preached 
out of this this last weekend, uh, and I'm going to probably finish preaching out of it this weekend, uh, and then uh, uh, go in and do whatever they're going to do on Tuesday. Uh, but uh, it deals with the resurrection, and then in verse 9, it begins to talking about how Jesus appeared unto his disciples. And in verse 9, the first person he appeared to was Mary Magdalene. The Bible says of whom uh, he had cast out seven devils. Everybody say seven. That's a lot of devils. Amen. Seven devils. And she went and told them that had been with that, that them that had been with him as they mourned and they, as they wept. And they and they, when they had heard that he was alive and had been seen of her. They were excited. Where's he at? Tell us about it. We want to go see him. No. What'd they say? They believed not. After that, he appeared in another form unto two, two of them as they walked and went into the country. And they that went told unto the, the, the rest. But what happened? They believed them not. Again, the first time. And the second time. So, Jesus said, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to visit these guys myself. And so, verse 14 said, After he appeared unto the eleven, as they sat at meat, he rebuked them. As they were sitting at the table, he shows up and he rebukes them for their unbelief and hardness of heart. Because they believed not them which had seen him after he was risen. And he said unto them, Go ye into all the world, preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth not shall be damned. Amen. They'll be condemned. And these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name they shall cast out devils, and they shall speak with new tongues. They shall take up serpents, and if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick and what? They shall recover. So he that believeth, verse 16, he that believeth and is baptized. It's an important part of your walk in salvation. You, you have to believe, you have to confess, you have to repent, and you must be baptized. Amen. You must be. Everybody say, I must be baptized. Let's go over to 1 Peter, the third chapter, if you will. Follow me for a moment here. Amen. Let me just pick up. Uh, let me read. Will you allow me to read tonight? Verse 13, begin there. And who is he that will harm you if ye be followers of that which is good? But, and if ye suffer for righteousness' sake, happy or blessed are ye. And be not afraid of their threats, neither be troubled. But sanctify the Lord God in your hearts, and be ready always to give an answer to every man that asketh you a reason of the hope that is in you with meekness and in fear. Having a good conscience that whereas they speak evil of you as evildoers, they may be ashamed that falsely accuse your good conversation in Christ. For it is better... If the, if, if the will of God be so, 
that you suffer for well-doing than for evil-doing. For Christ also hath once suffered for sins and, ju- and the just for the unjust that he might bring us to God. Being put to death in the flesh but quickened by the Spirit. By which also he went and preached unto the spirits in prison which sometime or formerly were disobedient when once the long-suffering of God waited in the days of Noah while the ark was uh, preparing or being prepared being built, wherein few, that is eight, souls were saved by water. And then verse 21, notice. The like figure whereunto even baptism doth also now save, you, save us, not the putting away of the filth of the flesh, but the answer of a good conscience toward God by the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. You, you, you're baptized. Baptized. Everybody say Baptized. But the answer of a good conscience toward God by the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Amen. It's important for us to realize tonight how how salvation operates and how it works. Acts 2.38, we know it well. We should be able to quote it tonight. Then Peter said what? He said, repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ. Why? For the remission of sins. Now, a lot of people don't feel like baptism is necessarily is as necessary. Uh, a lot of people feel like it's not. You know, it's just kind of showing that you're going to be a part of the church or so on and so forth, like that. No, it it is for the remission, I believe, of sins. That's what the scripture says. And ye shall receive what the gift of the Holy Ghost. So, water baptism is very important. Is a very important aspect aspect of salvation. When you, work, when you look at 1 Peter 3.21, he said, Baptism doth now also save us. Yes. Acts 2.38 says, Be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. I just feel like your sins cannot be remitted without baptism. That's what the Bible says. Amen. We have to realize that's a part of it. I know it's scary sometimes to some people. I know they, they're reluctant. I know we've had people back out before. I've had people scared to death of the water. I mean, going under the water, they were scared to death. Their anxiety level was on high. And, and trying to convince them that I've got you. Don't worry about it. You do what I ask you to do and... And we're going to get through this, right? So there's various reasons. A lot of people sometimes may not necessarily see the necessity. But the Bible says you must be baptized in His name. Amen. Baptized. Every one of you in His, in his name for the remission of sin. So remember what Jesus said. He said, except a man be born again of water and spirit. You cannot enter. can't enter the kingdom of God. You have to be baptized. You've got to be born again of water and of spirit. So baptism is very important in our lives. It's very important in what we proclaim to people, the gospel, the good news, right? The death, burial, resurrection. Amen. We go down in the grave identifying with his death. We come up a new creature in Christ Jesus. 
old things are passed away. Behold, all things become new. Amen. So baptism, repentance is important. Baptism is important for the remission of the sin, remission of sins. And the next thing, you must receive the Holy Ghost. See, let me tell you something right now. I read back there where it says, you know, we need to be prepared, in my terminology, we need to be prepared to uh, give a testimony or give account for what the hope that we believe in. Right? And that's why it's important for us to all have at least the basic understanding of what the death, burial, and resurrection is and what repentance, baptism, and the infilling of the Holy Ghost, amen, what it really is, amen, what it does, what, what, what it makes a part of. So receiving the Holy Ghost, uh, you know, nowadays, uh, I've heard a lot of guys talk and uh, the tongues kind of thing kind of gets them all uh, out, of, out, of, out of line and and it's whoppers all because it's like, wow, you know, that's not, you know, that's not for us today, so on and so forth. Amen. But Acts 1 and 4, verses 4 through 5 says, And being assembled together with them, commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father. For John truly baptized with water, but he said, wait for the promise of the Father, because you shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost, not many days from now. Now, Pentecost Sunday is 50 days following the resurrection. 50 days. Everybody say 50 days. That happens to be on our Memorial Day weekend, if, I, if my mind is, is correct. Which means on that Sunday morning, we need to come in supercharged we need to come in that way every service but on Pentecost Sunday we need to come in knowing what the word he said go and tarry there go and stay there do not depart wait for the promise it's coming have a prayer meeting continue in it believe it it's going to happen right everybody say it's going to happen Amen. So understand that. We need to come every time we come to the house of God. Our prayer to me God, should be, God, I'm believing that somebody's going to be filled with your spirit tonight. I believe somebody's going to repent. I believe somebody's going to be baptized. Right? Our prayer, amen, we need to be effective in that area where we begin to pray. Because this is the will of God. We're talking about heaven and hell. We're talking about the plan of salvation. So we have to be on our best footing, so to speak. Amen. Don't get so caught up in the things of, of life and the things of the world that we miss those opportunities, amen, to proclaim the word to somebody. Amen. We were sitting, my wife and I, my daughter was sitting at the restaurant. The other night, and the lady that's waiting on us, she's talking to us about her health and her life and so on and so forth, and, and, uh, and she knows me. She doesn't know my name. She just calls me pastor. And we're sitting there. We're just kind of, you know, talking and, and, and enjoying a little time. She says, hey, do you guys mind praying for me before you leave? And I said, no. Most definitely we'll pray, pray for you before we leave. So we're talking and all that kind of stuff, and and uh, we finish our meal, and she comes back, and we're busy talking. And she says, can you pray for me now? 
So we joined hands and we prayed for her. Amen. I believe God's going to do something for her. She's got some health issues and some things that's coming in her life. But here, I'm going to tell you something. We have to be, you don't have to, you don't have to raise the roof at the restaurant. You don't have to uh, make a scene at the restaurant. Amen. But you can bow your head and pray, amen, for that individual and believe and let them know that somebody's praying for them that believe that God is able to touch their life, touch their body. Amen. The situation going on in their life. makes no difference who we are. Amen. We. How, how many is filled with the Spirit of God tonight? Just raise your hand. Amen. He said, ye shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost has got. In other words, I'm going to talk about that in a minute. But in other words, God has invested in us. We are His mouthpiece. We are He indwells us. Right? Amen. The Spirit of God dwell, indwells in us. So when we go out and about... Amen. And wherever we go, we ought to be ready to give that answer to somebody. Amen. Because they're going to say, hey, you know, in that conversation, where do you go to church? All that kind of stuff. What's going on? Would you pray for me? It might be in Lowe's. It might be in Home Depot. It might be in Kohl's. It might be in Kroger. It might be in Meyer. It might be in Walmart. It, might, it, it could be anywhere that you, uh, you, you uh, frequently uh, visit to do, just do your everyday stuff. Amen. But we need to be ready. Our prayer needs to be, God, let me be ready for when that moment arises that I can be a witness of you. Right? Amen. So John said, you know, be baptized. John truly baptized with water, but you shall receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost not many days since. So Acts 1.8 says this, but ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost, or when, the translation, when the Holy Ghost comes on you. Now here's a, here's a better translation. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Right? I watched somebody recently, they were just singing and enjoying and just kind of, you know, just kind of going along in the song and the choir and all that, not here, somewhere else. And they were just worshiping and all that kind of stuff. And everybody was just kind of being the choir. And all, all of a sudden she had had enough. And all of a sudden, man, she started talking in tongues and she was going every which way you could imagine and up and down and all of that while everybody around her was just still singing. I'm thinking, man, if the fire that's on her would get on the rest of them in that choir right now, they would have a hoedown. Right? Just something happens. You understand what it is when you pray. Amen. When you feel the Holy Ghost, you feel something coming on you. Amen. And when you're praying and you're worshiping and all that, that, that spirit gets stirred up in you. And the next thing you know, man, something's going on in your life. I, I don't know about you, but I will tell you how important it is in my life. Amen. Because we have our mountaintop experiences, but, you know, sometimes we're just kind of gliding by, gliding by, gliding by, and then all of a sudden, something just kind of upside of our head just rocks us. You stagger around for a moment, and all of a sudden, now you're flat down on your back, or you're down in the valley. You're wondering, what in the world just happened? Amen. So they were filled with the Holy Ghost. They began to speak with tongues, Acts 2-4, as the Spirit gave them utterance. Folks, I'm not talking about 
Look, you will never, I will never give a class or teach you about learning to speak in tongues. In fact, it's hard for me to even try to mimic it. You understand what I'm saying? I, I don't, you know, I, I, I have a hard time just trying to mimic it to show you what I'm talking about. But you know what I'm talking about. People have this prayer language or they, they learn, they are taught, this is going to be your tongue. I, you know, I'm just kind of, this is my understanding of it, okay? I, I, you know, that's not the Holy Ghost. That's not the Spirit of God. You don't learn this thing. Amen. You will speak when you will speak in tongues. Amen. When he comes upon you. Somebody say praise the Lord. When he gives you the utterance. Amen. So when you're praying, I mean, I'm praying. Sometimes I pray. You know, I'm not, you know, but but it seems like when I fervently get into prayer and I start really moving in that realm, or I all of a sudden then the Holy Ghost begins to, if I can say it this way, well up within me. And then I will speak in a tongue. And an unknown tongue. Understand, amen. Now, you know, uh, I, I had questions the other day from somebody that, that was asking me about, uh, you know, we're Pentecostal, so you guys believe in tongues. I'm saying, yeah, we believe in tongues. I said, do you believe in an interpreter? I said, well, if the gift of tongues is operating in the spiritual gifts, yes, there is an interpreter. But to receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost, amen, that, that's the Lord coming upon you. And, and, and he's the one that doth the work in you. Amen. So we, we uh, kind of went a little bit on that. But understand, Mark 16, 17. Let's go back here. And these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name they shall cast out devils. Do we still believe that that's possible? Who, who, did, who did Jesus go to first? We read it there. He went to Mary Magdalene, whom he cast out seven devils. Folks, if the Spirit of God dwells in us, we should not be afraid to speak a word of faith or to speak against that spirit that either is on them or in them. But pastor, that kind of gives me the, as my mom would say, it gives me the hibbejeebs or hebejeebs or hebejeebers or something like that. Some of you older folks might remember that terminology. Amen. That was my mom saying, it gives me goosebumps. It kind of raises the hair up on my arms and the back of my head. We don't like to deal with that. We don't like to think about that. Lord, I just want the Holy Ghost without any of these other things that happen. I just want to be happy in you. But understand, amen, we live in this world where the enemy of our soul is the God of this world. Prince and power of the air. Amen. He's the one that's manipulating all this stuff down here that's evil in the world. And when I say that, he is a part of that. that he, is, he is the guy that's in charge of chaos and disunity. He doesn't want unity. He doesn't want people to get along. He just wants to create an issue all the time. And folks, believe it or not, he shows up at church. And he tries to do the same thing among the people of God. That, that's where the Holy Ghost has to really be in charge because we need to know it for what it is. See it for what it is. 
address it for what it is, right? Amen. He said, you'll get signs. Signs shall follow them that believe. In my name they shall cast out dead. You can't do it. You can't do it on your own. You can't do it on your own. Amen. You, you, you have to be able, you got to have confidence in your relationship with God that you can speak his name in authority because he has given us authority. what it's all about you shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you Romans 8 9 says this but ye are not in the flesh but in the spirit if so be that the spirit of God dwell in you now if any man have not the spirit of Christ he is none of his this message that we have is very important Because we live in a world today to where people have everybody saved, right? And and there's no consequences for your wrongdoings. And God understands. And they've kind of just kind of, you know, basically have people believing that, that, you know, just believe on Him and that's it. Amen. You are saved, and, and when he comes, you're going to be ready. You're going you're gonna, to you're gonna go to heaven. Bible, I don't read that in the Bible. In fact, the Bible, I, I'm getting a little sidetracked here chasing a squirrel, but the, but, the, but the Bible says that narrow is the gate. Right? It's the, it's the narrow path. It's the narrow gate that leads to eternal life. Broad is the way. That leads to destruction. And he said, many there be that follow it. I want to, pre- I want to be a preacher that will be plain with you on that. Amen. I, I, I want to go in the rapture. You say, why do you want to go in the rapture? Because I don't want to be a preacher that's kind of soft uh, peddled this stuff. And all of a sudden, many people are lost. Right? Remember this. Once again, what did Jesus say? He said, except a man be born again of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. Amen. The moment that you receive or somebody receives the baptism of the Holy Ghost, amen, we call that born again. Right? Everybody say born again. We are born again of the Spirit. What did Nicodemus, well, Nicodemus, what did he say to the Lord? Well, how can, how can I be born again or, or twice? I've already been born once. How can I be born again? Except a man be born again of the water and of the Spirit. Amen. You, you, you got to understand this. This is why this message is so important. You don't have to be dogmatic. You don't have to be critical. You don't have to debate. Amen. In fact, I will, I, I will not debate the Word of God with somebody. It's not worth my, I won't say it's not worth the time. I will say that if somebody is just wanting to debate me on the Word of God, I, I'm not going to waste my time. Amen. But when you give me somebody that's hungry and they want to know the Word of God, then I feel that's the place where God has placed us for that moment in time to 
take the Word of God and break it down for them. So it's impossible to be com completely born again without receiving the Holy Ghost. You can repent. You can be buried in His name. But if that's it, we're quiet. Amen. But the Bible says you got to. You must be born again of the water and of the Spirit. So you got to receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost. That's why we get so excited, folks. Well, first of all, what's the, what's the Bible say about angels? The Bible says that the angels rejoice if one sinner comes to repentance. One person that says, you know what? I'm tired of the pathway I'm on. I want to redirect. I want God to redirect my path. But it doesn't stop with repentance. They're happy that somebody repented. You must believe. If you believe, you shall receive. I think that's a little song I sang last week. There's not a trouble or care the good or the can't relieve. You've got to believe in Him. Amen. You can't be afraid to talk to Him. You know, God, you say, but God knows my faults. Yes, He does. But sometimes He just wants to hear you confess them. Right? Now, you know, well, you know, is that important? Well, let me tell you something right now. Somebody says, well, you know, you can confess to your, your brother, your sister, or your, uh, somebody in the church. Well, there's some things you may not want to confess Amen. to somebody that's flesh and blood. There's some things you just need to take to God. Well, does anybody know what I'm talking about? Amen. Don't, don't, you, don't you wish that everybody kind of had a sense of, uh, an error about them that, or something in them that, 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 that was totally confidential? How many ever had a confidential conversation with somebody that ended up not being confidential? Anybody? He's one you can go to where it's confidential and it remains there and he can touch your life and change you. Amen. So you got to repent. Repentance. That means you got to change your ways. You got to change the way you're walking. You got to change the way, you know, you're, you're, everything changes in you. You walk, you turn away from those sins, right? And you got to be baptized in his name for the remission of sin. You need to receive the Holy Ghost. These are things that we've been talking about. But even if we did all these steps, after we've done all of these, what does the Bible say that, 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 that one of the most important things, after all of that's done, what do we need to do? The Bible says this, we must endure to the end. Let me put it this way, we got to walk the walk, we got to talk the walk, we got to be like Jesus. We have our faults, we have our failures. But that's why you need to have that open line of communication with the Lord. Get things right, get back up, carry on. Right? Everybody say praise the Lord. So the last thing I want to deal here tonight is endure to the end. Amen. Why? Why? Matthew, the latter part of Matthew 10, 22 says this. He that endureth to the end shall be saved. 
I've, I've confessed, I've repented, I've cried, I've snotted, I did all that kind of stuff, I prayed, I was filled with the I was baptized in his name, I was filled with the baptism of his spirit, amen, I, you know, I, that's great, hallelujah, now you got to walk, you got to endure, you got to stick with it, you got to stay true to it. Amen. He is true to us. We must stay true to him. Amen. And his word, correct? Amen. So we have to do that. Look, folks, I'm going to tell you right now, in this world we're living in today, mm, fasten your seatbelt. Fasten your seatbelt. Because I'm telling you right now, with some of the things that we're seeing out there in the world today, and, and, and some of the operations that are happening in, in, in country after country and, and uh, uh, city after city, Amen. Don't you think that, that man has the answer? They're looking for it. They're trying to find it. But the Bible says they're going to cry out. They're going to ask for peace, peace. Sudden destruction. Yeah. Some of the things, I, I just don't camp out in the news around here anymore. I, I'm, I'm watching the news over in Israel. Amen. I got two different programs that I listen to now. That you, don't, you won't get this stuff over here in our news program. In fact, they're trying to cut that off. They don't want you to know, you know who's these Jews. Look at the persecution. Look at what they're going on. Anti-Semitism in the world today and all this kind of stuff. Things that's going on. There's a lot of hate going on in our world today. We should not hate anybody. Right? Why would you hate anybody? They're a soul. They're a creation of God. It makes no difference where they come from or who they are or what skin color we are. Or... No. He just calls us to love everybody as he loves us. Right? Love your neighbor as yourself. Now, we all know we have some neighbors sometime or another that they're just not the good neighbors. Right? Amen. But the Bible still says love them. Let your light shine. Okay? He that endureth. Everybody say that endureth. Now, let me just give you a definition of this word endure. Amen. Because I want us to get a hold of it tonight. What, what does endure mean? To undergo hardship without giving in. But pastor, you don't understand. I'm about ready to give up. I just can't take this anymore. Look, folks, let me be honest with you tonight. I am, I am, the prayers that I pray are for people that have somehow lost, one time or another, have lost their way because something got hard. Somewhere in their own personal life, something got hard, and they finally bumped up against it so much where they said it would be better for me to just go on and do something else. I get sad over that. But what does is, what is endure to undergo hardship without giving in. Folks, listen, let me say it again. 
We are in a day and time to where we have to adopt, we have to know what this is. What, is, what does endure mean? It means that I'm going ha- to undergo some hardship one time or another, but I'm going to keep on serving God. I'm going to keep on loving God. I'm going to keep walking in the faith. I'm going to keep going to church. I'm going to keep singing and clapping my hands and raising my arms and loving God even when I don't feel like it. Endure to undergo hardship without giving in. To continue in the same state of mind. Remain firm under suffering or misfortune without yielding. On Christ, the solid rock I stand. All other ground is sinking sand. Understand that. Our only hope, now you elders that are here tonight, you understand this. After serving God for years, our only hope is standing firm, enduring and standing firm on that foundation. Because when you give up or you decide The road is too rocky or the hills are too high or the storms are too great. Amen. I just need a break. A break. A break. How many is glad that God never takes a break? He never sleeps. He doesn't slumber doesn't take a vacation away from his sheep. He's constantly caring for his sheep and his flock. He said, endure. Those that endure to the end, the same shall be saved. You will be saved. Hardships are going to come, but you got to be resolute. you got to be strong. You've got to stand on the foundation. So it is important. Everybody say important. So it's important for us to endure whatever we have to go through and stay true and stay firm in our walk with God despite the trials and despite the temptations that come our way. We've had them. How many's had trials? Hmm, anybody? How many's had temptations? Might have had some today. But you, once again, you've got to be resolute. You've got to be firm. You've got to be strong. Amen. When the weight of things come on your shoulder, you've got to get close to the Lord and let Him begin to take that weight and Help you carry it. Stabilize you. I like to look at it this way. Prayer can energize you. Right? Whatever I'm going through, I might need, you know, they've got the drinks that they do and all that kind of stuff for the quick energy. You know, quick energy. I've, I've been going, going, going. 
you know, and I can feel, give me the quick energy. Let me tell you, sometimes that quick energy that you need in the spirit is when you begin to talk to the Lord. Sing the songs of Zion. Begin to, begin to reach out to Him and let the Spirit of God energize you. Amen. Everybody say, He will. Notice what it says here in Luke, the ninth chapter, the latter part of verse 62. It simply says this, No man, having put his hand to the plow and looking back, is fit for the kingdom of God. You can't really get much plainer than that. You put your hand to the plow, he said, you're not fit. Once you start and you just turn your head and look back, not fit for the kingdom of God. What's, what's that basically saying? Well, somebody that's started and quit this or whatever, and they, it's, not, it's, not, it's too, too hard. Plowing's not easy, right? Look, I, you know, I, I'm, I'm not old, but I'm not young. I remember when we had an old tractor that my dad bought that had a set of plows on it and some discs. And, man, that was heyday, man. I'm telling you what. That, that was an old tractor, too. I mean, it wasn't just a new tractor. It was one that he could get cheap as he could get it. He probably bought that thing for less than $1,000. I don't know, knowing him. And they'd get out there. But I can remember in the other house we was at, had a rototiller. Has that, anybody used a rototiller? Rototillers aren't that easy to use. No, because I remember as a kid getting out there and I'd be going off track like that. I had to try to yank it back. And then we get going, that she yank it back. Right? Trying to till up the ground. I remember my dad, I wish I still had it. Young and dumb. But had a, he had a, a, a wood contraption, folks, with a steel wheel, not rubber wheel a steel spoked wheel in the front of it, one wheel, and had one little furrow plow back here. And once it was all tilled up, you would go like this, and you would go like that, and you would go like that, down the field, okay, right there. And you would keep doing that to create a furrow that you could plant your seed in. So folks, when they were talking, when he was talking about this kind of stuff, back in the day, it wasn't easy. You didn't have an air-conditioned cab you didn't have all these big plows and all these big discs and all these big planters and all these big uh, fertilizer things. You, you know, Brother Howard, you didn't have all that stuff. You, it was the sweat of your brow. And you would go out in the beating sun and you would begin to break up the ground. Amen. Understand this. We're in a day and time. Amen. We got to stand firm on this because, we, you know, we're, we're in God's work. So putting our hand to the plow, it's not worth looking back. No, we got to stay working. Turn to your neighbor and say, we got to work. Tell them we got to work until Jesus comes. We got to work until he comes. Amen. Let me close with this. James chapter 1, verse 22. After all these things, believe in Jesus Christ. Confess your sins. Repent of your sins. Be buried in his name. Receive his spirit. Endure to the end. What's James say? James 1, 22. Be ye doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. John 12, 48 says this, He that rejects me and receives not my words hath one that judges him. The word that I have spoken, 
the same shall judge him in the last day. The word that I have spoken. In other words, what's he telling you? Well, it's like this, brothers and sisters. Here's what he means. One day, everybody say one day. One day we're all going to stand before the judgment seat of Christ. We will have an answer based upon the obedience of his word. We'll have to answer to that, the obedience of his word. Not your opinions. Well, Lord, I think, my opinion, Lord, not your religion. We have to give an account or so. This is why we need to ask ourselves, are we staying true to our relationship with Jesus Christ? Furthermore, are we not just staying true, but Lord, are you using us? Are we allowing you to use us? Because, look... What's it talk about? It says the, the, the uh, harvest is white. It's, it's ripe. It's ready to be harvested, but the labors are few. We don't sing that song anymore, but years ago, people like Brother Rose or Sister Urshan or somebody, even here at the church, would belt it out. You know, my house is full, my fields are empty. Who will go and work? For me today. They sing it at our mission services and stuff like that. Tugging at the hearts of people. Let's stand together. But what do you think tonight? I think that song, I think those words are coming, ringing down the quarters of time for you and I. Who will work for me today? The harvest field's not going to be easy. It's going to be hard work. We're going to have to work at it. But I think if we start working at it, all of a sudden, one by one, the pews in this place are going to be filled up with people. Amen. That want the resurrecting power of Jesus Christ in their life. Do you believe that? Praise God. Lord God, we thank you once again for your goodness, your mercy, your loving kindness that you have so graciously shown to us. We thank you for the opportunity that we have here tonight to be in in the house of worship. We thank you for the hope that we have in you. You are the resurrecting power. Amen. And I pray, God, that, that, that we will continue steadfast and, 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 and remain founded on this firm foundation, believing, God, that one day when you come for your church, amen, we're going to go. And I pray, God, tonight that we would be found doing your work Amen. Being about your business. Amen. For the end time is upon us. And we are going into it quicker than we could ever imagine. And the world is turning. It seems like quicker and quicker they're turning away from you. But Lord, we here tonight have got to be firm. Amen. And resolute in the fact that we are not going the other direction. Amen. We're going to get stronger in you. So God bless us tonight. Be with us. Lead us. Guide us. Let us stay in the center of your will and let us perform that which is appropriate with the word of God. Amen. And proclaim it to those in this world that, that need a Savior. In Jesus' wonderful name we pray. And let us say amen and amen.
Can you clap your hands one more time and praise God? God bless you. Sounds to me like we've got a pretty full week coming up through the weekend. Different things going on. But find some, some time to invite.